It's time to check in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Concierge for Better Living with your host, Doc Rob. Hello and good day. This is Doc Rob, Dr. Rob Streisfeld, your host on CannabisRadio.com for the show Concierge to Better Living. And here we're here to help you and work together to have a better today than yesterday and a better tomorrow than today. And in order to do that, we have to look at a bunch of different subject matter and health and news and culture. And today's topic is really interesting because it combines a little bit about the evolution of data and technology as relates to healthcare, which is as old as human nature. So it's really my pleasure today to have our guest, Harry Gorikian, come on and talk about data and healthcare and his new book, uh, Harry, great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Great to be here. It is my pleasure. I have been, I'm in that age bracket, I guess, that you would say that is technology, technologically aware, but not 110% embraced. Meaning I'm, when I was in college, we were first getting, you know, internet into the dorm rooms. You know, we were just starting to see this emergence of technology into our daily lives. I had one of the first car phones, you know, in a big bag in the console of my car. And now we look at, you know, as far as technology has moved fast forward, um, I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, it's, everyone has their own phone, even if eight-year-old children and, you know, smartphones and data. And, and it's funny that, you know, we're going to this correction because um, one of the kids that I just, you know, that I have in the house here was showing me the warnings uh, of the terms of service, terms of condition, and some of the apps that they're signing up for. And it's data is key. Data today is content, data, this is the new money, right? This is the new value. So tell us a little about this new book you put together. Uh, and I love the concept. It's based on uh, Moneyball, which if anyone saw the, the movie with Brad Pitt and Oakland uh, Athletics and how data changed baseball, talk about how data is gonna, changing medicine and healthcare. Well, it, you know, if you, if you think about it, uh, you know, we, we always think that, that healthcare is driven by data, but it's really, you know, driven by sort of uh, the best physician you can find, right? And the way that they manipulate data in their, in their head and then give you an answer or manage you appropriately. Um, it's only been since the Reinvestment and Recovery Act that we started really moving the whole healthcare field to real uh, digitization, if I would use that word. And so it's, it's only been like 10 12 years that right. we've been in this. So we're still learning and we're still gathering data, but you're starting to see how you can see somebody that might have a disease coming on before they even know it's coming on. It's like that warning light in your car before it actually becomes a real problem. Um, and, and as we use these tools, you can see how we can manage people better. People can stay healthier instead of, instead of treating them when they're already sick is sort of the warning light going on and helping them stay healthy, which I think the patient would be happier. And it costs the system less in the long run. 
and that's the, the takeaway here really is the cost to the system decreases when you prevent disease and you act proactively versus the way the allopath model for the most part of the modern medical system has been acting, which is reactively, you know, and, and I, and I say this personally, because when I graduated from med school, it was about 18 years ago this month and everyone's like, Oh, you're going to open an office. And I'm like, well, I really don't want to spend a lot of money to open a fancy office to sit there with my staff and my tools and equipment and wait for people to get sick, come to me and say, please help me get better and in a reactive manner. And I've got to charge them in order to make them feel well. And that to me didn't feel right. And I said, there's got to be a way to, and again, I spent most of my career educating and, and trying to teach people how to take their own self-health as importance and do steps to prevent disease and promote nutrition and optimize health. But now we're seeing a lot of technological tools, uh, both in the space of personalized medicine as also in the space of preventative medicine by using data points and, and things of that nature. And, and, and it's really amazing how we're evolving. Well, I, and what, I, you know, what, what you're seeing now, now what you're going to start seeing is the data has a certain value, but then now we're starting to create tools that make mm-hmm. it easy or easier for someone to make sense out of that data, right? So like if you're looking at a big spreadsheet, you know, it's a lot of information uh, can look like gobbledygook, right? But if that is distilled in sort of the right charts or graphs or just, you know, very simple directions, uh, it can make a big difference in how somebody manages themselves or, like I said, identifies a disease they may have, you know, before they know they have it. Um, and there are, you know, between the Apple Watch and different apps on your phone or uh, technologies that the physician may have access to, uh, we're seeing a huge shift in this area. And COVID has just, is pulling it forward faster than it would have normally happened. Because before we just kept doing it like the way we were doing it and slowly moving forward. But COVID has caused such a big explosion in the way that you might see your physician um, or, you know, your pre-op or post-op dynamic that telemedicine and all these sensors are becoming critical. Otherwise, you can't manage that patient the right way. Most definitely. I mean, I remember when I was in school, it was all paper, medical records, notes, handwritten notes. And then even now, as my colleagues, it's all shifted to laptops or tablets with EMR, electronic medical records, different systems of that nature. Um, you know, my first company was uh, personal health design because I felt that every individual uh, deserved individualized care. And now there's some amazing platforms out there that take the individual's blood work and genetic history and diet and all these things and can use that to formulate and create like a 10 page handout to the patient to say, here's what's going on in your body. Here's where your high levels of concern are. Here are some supplements or dietary changes or medications that you might need to reduce the risks so that you may have even now and down the road. And, and the goal is to improve health uh, outcomes, not just you know in a reactive state, but to reduce, like we said before, the need to go to the doctor, the need to go to the hospital, the need to have this kind of acute emergency type of of, of, of paradigm. And I think that, you know, I, I did telemedicine, I don't know, 10 years ago, 
offering uh, a certain company, uh, their clients, a naturopathic or preventative medicine alternative opinion perspective. And that was just emerging slowly. And now, we, again, like you said, with COVID, it seems like telemedicine is a, is a, is a no-brainer that people are from all spectrums of the healthcare, whether it be mental health or even primary care, uh, even pediatrics, you know, it seems like that's, uh, you know, not going away anytime soon. No, and, and some of the institutions I've talked to, you know, were saying, oh, yeah, you know, maybe we saw a couple of thousand people a day through a tele-platform, and now they're seeing tens of thousands of people a day through a tele-platform. So, you know, it's, it's amazing how we went from, yeah, 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 we'll get to that, to, oh, my God, how quickly can you get this, you know, turned on because we need to see patients. So it's it's really caused a big dynamic shift. Um, and data is, you know, the data and the technology that we have now is what's going to get us out of this mess. Um, you know, all these vaccine development technologies, you know, if it was the old days, it would have taken forever to move these projects forward. Uh, coronavirus has caused, you know, everything to move, you know, an order of magnitude faster than it would have normally done uh, in the old system. Oh yeah. And again, and I think that's really key that you have this, uh, parallel or this relationship to Moneyball, And for the, again, I, I think it's a great idea that you know, when you watch that movie or you understand what happened to baseball and how rapidly the game changed. And I don't mean the baseball game, but behind the scenes of the industry itself rapidly started to pick up, you know, based on results. And I think the other thing we're seeing now is that, you know, this is data is result driven as well. You can see that you're being successful or what's working and what's not working a lot more clearly than just anecdotal or, you know, one doctor to another or a doctor at a conference. So I think that these are really keys that we're going to see, like I said, with the, you know, um, you know, vaccines, if that's, you know, part of the, the medical system that, that's using it, or just general wellness care for all demographics, all ages. I think this is really important um, to see how data and this kind of infusion of technology and these new tools are, are going to be of value to society as a whole. So really neat. Well, and, and, and if you, and if you look at, all right, it's, you, people make money, right? Because of the system is designed a certain way to make money, right? There's a business model. And so if you look at since the Affordable Care Act came, came on board, where we started shifting how we paid for things, as you said earlier, you know, before we were paying fee for service, everything you did, you build for, right? Now yeah. the system is, is paying, or more and more of the system is paying for positive outcomes. Like, show me that what you did worked, and then right. I'll pay you a, like a, a, a flat fee. So all the systems are starting to say, well, wait a minute, you know, um, I need to have technology give me the early warning signals on these patients. Oh, yeah. I need to keep them healthy. And so if you're an insurer, if you think about it, right, the, the healthier your patient is and they don't use the system, the more profitable it is. So you're incentivized to keep them healthy. Oh, so man. <laughs> we're starting to move the system in a direction that is aligned with the patient. The patient wants to be healthy. The insurer wants the patient to be healthy because they want their premiums. So we we have alignment. 
Oh, yeah. Healthcare versus disease care. It's a major paradigm shift that's way overdue. Something that as naturopaths and other preventative medicine specialists, we've been advocating for many, many years. And there's a lot more that I want to dive into. I got some actually some personal stories that relate to this that are hitting some hot buttons in me right now. But we're going to take a quick break and come right back after this brief message. And, uh, you know, don't get where this is really important. This is Doc Rob, your host here at CannabisRadio.com, Concierge for Better Living. Uh, right back after this brief message. The Concierge for Better Living will continue in a moment. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Vampire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback, cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being, bring the body back to homostasis, and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Hempire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones through those of researchers and medical professionals. Welcome to Hempire. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. And we are back. This is Doc Rock. My guests say Harry Gorkian. And we're talking about data-driven outcomes and healthcare paradigm shifts. And I, and I just, you know, it just hits home to me because, you know, my grandmother, I think this back, you know, I, I do a lot of personal references. She was sick. She started having these neurological issues. And the medical system put her through the normal path. They gave her the different neurological medications. They tried. They didn't know what was going on, but they sampled with different drugs for her, not really concerning about the side effects. They ran a whole slew of tests, MRIs and CAT scans. And when it came to me, I said, Grandma, you're just malnourished. You're dehydrated. You're malnourished. Your body is just stressed out. Let's use something as simple as nutrient infusions, IV therapy, you know, which is hydration, which is vitamins and minerals. This is, you know, really important basic care, magnesium, basic uh, compounds. And she recovered amazingly well. All the other stuff they tried, I mean, they wanted to have her move from Florida, go all the way up to New York to have more tests at a hospital in New York and $50,000 or $100,000 more in, in the hospital bills when $50 to $100 IVs 
twice a, you know, once or a week or twice you know, every, uh, a couple times a month recovered her. And we actually wrote to Medicare, Medicaid. We showed documentation. And they said, look, I said, we saved a fortune. And if everyone had that option of this type of nutritional IV, even as an insurance supplement, you know, how much money would we save for all these other conditions that are being misdiagnosed or, or just from malnutrition and especially in the elderly? And, you know, it's just amazing that we're starting to see that now become more acceptance, but they, you know, the, the cost of, 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 of success has to be considered, you know, and, and how successful it is. It's really interesting to hear. And it's great to hear that the, the paradigm is shifting to where we might want to actually prevent disease. There's another platform that I've been you know, working with and advising on um, called IQU health. And it's taken a whole bunch of doctors and I'm talking about millions of dollars and, tons of data and research and put it all into an app so that if a patient comes in and and, and does their blood work and does their you know, and does all the different parameters this data this platform can really spit out amazing diagnostic tools for that individual and i think that more and more of that is going to help us be more self-aware and take self-responsibility to prevent disease and promote our own well-being. Um, and that's kind of what we're here for. We're here to promote well-being and better health, not you know, for the individual and as society. And the data factor, like you're saying, this is this is this is so needed and so uh, effective, so so impactful. Yeah, I mean, I try to cover a lot of different aspects uh, in the book, from you know, oncology to. Um, you know, just uh, pricing being transparent to the patient so they know what they're getting themselves into. Um, and, I, and I try to do the same thing on, a, on a, the, my own podcast that I do, which I, I have by the same name. But, you know, right now, when you think about it, we don't have a lot of what you would call longitudinal data on patients over a long period of time, let's say a heartbeat, right? Right. Um, but we're finding out that when you monitor some of these things over a long period of time, you can start to see minor changes that may make a difference. Um, you know, you mentioned nutrition and hydration. I can tell you that uh, if, if I either had a couple too many drinks or didn't drink enough water during the day, I don't sleep well. And the sleep app I use shows me that clearly that I did not sleep well. Um, or if I ate too late, it affects my sleep. So the data sort of lets me adjust myself accordingly or just accept the fact that I'm just not going to sleep well that night. Right. Um, so, you know, everybody is sort of, we're developing almost a dashboard for patients. Um, we're developing a dashboard so that your physician can sort of see you and see all the appropriate data that may help them manage you better or coach you. Um, so it's interesting because I think we're going to see physicians migrate towards coaching more than just, quote, treating a patient over time. So it's, it's you know, we are seeing a fundamental shift in how this is going to happen. And you're starting to see Walmart and CVS and all these groups that are closer to consumers uh, become more and more active in the space because of this shift. For sure. For sure. There's so much shift and changing happening. And it's, you know, again, and 
it's really important. I mean, you just said it. There's so many tools from, like I said, Apple Watches and other devices and people are getting more involved. And I think also the younger generations are starting to see they don't want to be tied to as many pharmaceuticals and they want to figure out how to be more responsible. I think people are looking at their diet. When I went to culinary school after graduating med school, everyone looked at me crazy. Food as medicine and dietary impact on health was not a mainstream conversation in the medical community at all. It was definitely outliers and, and kind of scoffed at to a degree. Now we're seeing in the last decade or so a major shift to where that, you know, that role of diet and nutrition is, is respected. And you see more and more of doctors getting more training in nutrition, but this was missed for years. And I, you know, I look at this going at how can we not realize what we put in our body and on our body impacts our health aside from no, something no. that comes in a pill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, there is a whole body of evidence to show that certain people are sensitive to different foods yeah. and that they should, uh, if they adjust their diet, they just, you know, feel better because they're not having that negative reaction. Um, on the, at the same time, you know, I've seen children that, you know, seem to have a, uh, a, a problem. And then when we've done genetic sequencing, we were able to identify a simple over-the-counter that made all the difference in the health and well-being of that child right because in their genetic sequence we found that something was often they needed a supplement to get things back on and and you know that was a time when we were doing the human genome when i was back at applied biosystems um, oh, yeah. so there's tremendous uh power in the information uh it's just now we're just starting to really create the tools to make sense out of that information Right. Yep. Because as opposed to doctors that might specialize in a particular area, the body is a system. Right. Mm -hmm. It's got a carburetor. It's got, you know, piston area. It's got, you know, radiator. It's got it's got all different parts. Right. So you can't just have look at one part. you got to look at the whole system and how it runs together. <laughs> and I think that's the next phase of where we're seeing, you know, money ball medicine start to go. I love it. Yeah. Holistic medicine. Again, I'm, I'm a little bit ahead of the curve, always have been, but it's definitely something we've advocated for and pushed to get more mainstream. You know, it's interesting you say that about the genetic code. I was at a, a CanMed, a cannabis medical conference in Harvard a couple of years ago, and they were working on genetics uh, as a pro, pro, you know, related to CBD or cannabidiol with kids with epilepsy and seizures. And, you know, at first all the news, all the marketing, all the companies were saying, oh, it's safe for everyone. It works for everyone. And then you find that, sure, maybe eight to 10, nine out of 10 kids responded uh, with a decrease in epileptic activity due to using cannabidiol. But there was that one or two out of 10 that actually got more reactive and worse with CBD and it was something they found in a genetic SNP they were able to identify. And that this was a really important kind of tool for, especially with parents uh, helping to, determine therapeutic options for their children, they have another, uh, you know, another tool they can reference and tools like that. And I, you know, because of this is, you know, on canvas radio, we're not exclusively cannabis. Uh, we've had on our show, uh, an app out of Canada a group called strain print, and they've had over a million plus data points where they use consumers and patients who are using different cannabis products for various conditions. And they're mapping it out into their app. And now they're getting real data. They're saying, okay, which products work for what conditions, 
what kind of success. I mean, these are all things that take time to develop, um, but they become a useful tool in helping people who have real medical concerns or real medical issues to use the right products or or tools to get better. And now we're starting to see that even with um, another app that I've been talking with called MindLeap in the psychedelic space, because psychedelics are becoming more uh, considered for therapeutic purposes, for depression, anxiety, all these other things. And how can we monitor and how can we prove that it works? Well, they're data tracking, they're using apps, they're using these tools. And from that, as a, as a society, we hope to get more insight and use these medicines or therapies more effectively and have less side effects. It's really important. Yeah. And, you know, to, to take one step back, like, so where, you know, where I sort of sit in the world, I always think, okay, it'd be great if somebody actually designed like a real trial, right. Or, or a series of trials to do this. Right. But, and today though, you can not only, you know, assuming the regulatory environment allows it to happen, but you could do a trial. You could, uh, take apart the, uh, strain that you're looking at, say, from a component perspective to understand what makes it up. But then you can also give the patient technology that would allow them to get real-world evidence to tie back to the trial to see exactly what's happening. And so, you know, I see this as the next phase of any of these medications or uh, products that we're talking about taking forward there's a real world way to say this is working or it's not working, which translates into why am I going to pay for something that's not working? And that's key. Money, money at the end of the day is what's going to make these decision factors for both the individual as well as the insurance company, as well as the doctors. And we have to have good understanding of these for everyone. And I think it's you know, a great aspect to consider. I'm happy to hear it's moving forward in the right direction. But again, we have a long way to go for sure. Um, Great. Well, we're going to take one more break. We're going to come back and wrap up this show. It's been really informative as always and uh, another good area for us to focus on and how data plays into the emerging healthcare industry and how it changes. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back at this quick break. This is Dr. Rob, your host here at CanvasRadio.com, your concierge for better living. The concierge for better living will continue in a moment. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The The Green Green Peak Peak with Richard Zwicky. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. 
It's time to Hemp Present. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living only on CannabisRadio.com. And we are back once again. This wrap up this wonderful show with my guest, Harry Gorkian, and author of Moneyball Medicine. And so this is really an interesting aspect. You know, you take it from an not necessarily a doctor's perspective, Harry, but it's coming from a more of a, uh, either whether it be financial or a statistician perspective on how healthcare in general is changing. Uh, you call it a revolution. How do you kind of frame that as part of a revolution versus just an evolution? Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, right, the, different, there's, the, the difference between evolution and revolution is a period of time, right? When things happen over a very long period of time, we call it evolution. When things happen in an incredibly short period of time, it's a revolution because everybody sort of, you know, doesn't react to it as well. Um, and so what we're seeing now is technology um, and these tools, whether it be artificial intelligence, machine learning, sensor technology, processing capability, cloud computing, all these things are coming on so fast. Um, and we're able to gather the data from people much cheaper, much easier. Um, you can actually start to do some very interesting analytical experiments to see, can I detect that disease earlier? Can I monitor that patient and see when something is going to happen before it actually happens? Um, can I nudge that patient to stay a little bit healthier or stay more on top of their disease so that they don't veer off the path. Um, all of these things are happening at a much, much, much faster pace uh, where I think the technology is moving a lot faster than the medical establishment can absorb. Um, but like I said, if you change the way people get paid, it's amazing how quickly they change their focus. Um, and so as we're changing the way that the system is paid based on outcomes as opposed to fee-for-service, the adoption of technology becomes a lot faster. You know, COVID and telemedicine is a perfect example. I can't see patients anymore. If I can't see patients, I can't generate revenue. Yep. Where's my telemedicine system? I need it right now. Um, uh, that's totally true. And I want to just add in there that, you know, when I studied, when I, when I mentioned that reference earlier about my choices, I, ancient Chinese medicine, ancient medicine was the community would take care of the healer. They would take care of the person that would keep them well. They would feed them, clothe them. But if the healer, if people were getting sick and people were dying and he wasn't doing his job, they stopped taking care of him. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a fee for service. It was, it was a symbiotic relationship. And, you know, that put a lot more onus on, on the, on the healer to keep everyone well. And I think that we lost a lot of that with just the fee for service and not the outcome based or performance-based response. And I think this is going to be a big shift. And uh, I think it's you know part of the, a much necessary paradigm change uh, that we're experiencing. I think there's a lot more in your book and a lot more in your, in your background that people should learn about. Where can people 
uh, find your book or find you? What? Give me a couple of links that uh, we can continue this conversation. Yeah. So, so uh, if they just type in Moneyball Medicine on Amazon, uh, they can uh, very easily find the book. Um, you know, uh, if they just typed in Moneyball Medicine podcast, they can find the podcast. And uh, I'm pretty easy to find. It's just uh, www and my last name, G-L-O-R-I-K-I-A-N.com. Um, but, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. This is... The, the the revolution in the next three to five years, either from somebody managing their own health or from an investment perspective, um, this area is going to be an explosive in opportunity, uh, which is why I love it because, you know, I, I feel like I could study all day long and still not be completely up to up to date on everything, which is sort of maybe a. a a genetic flaw that I have. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I, I think that's a good thing to say, to admit that no matter how much we know, there's always more to learn. I think that's a good concept here, especially in these shifting and rapidly, like you said, revolutionary industries right now or moments of time. I think it's important for us to always keep reading, keep learning. I love people listening to these shows and learning, and I know they learned stuff today from this conversation they maybe didn't know before. Um, I think it's a great that you shared it. Thank you for coming on today. I hope people uh, check you out and learn more about it. I think the combination of technology and data with the growing interest in longevity, anti-aging, functional medicine, I think we have a good shot at having a healthier society in the long run. And um, you know, again, I appreciate you coming on today, sharing your insight and, and letting our listeners learn a little bit about Moneyball Medicine. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been my pleasure. And again, thank you everyone at Cannabis Radio for making these shows possible. Thank you all you listeners for tuning in and showing love and support. Don't forget to send me questions or comments or suggest guests through social media. And uh, you know, check out Concierge for Better Living page on Facebook. You know, We're here for you. We're here for us. It's all of us together. Uh, thank you, everyone. And as always, wishing everyone all the best in health and happiness. This is Doc Rob, your Concierge for Better Living, wishing you all the best. Be well. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.